Searching for NBA playoff coverage? We've got you. The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, gives you an inside look into the world of sports. Hosted by former NBA sharpshooter and Duke legend J.J. Redick and sports writer Tommy Alter, The Old Man and the Three offers unprecedented access to the league. Tommy and J.J. discuss the NBA and interview some of the biggest names in the league, like Devin Booker and Luka Doncic. NBA final season is the perfect time to dive in, and you can listen to The Old Man and the Three wherever you get your podcasts. To hear episodes brought to you by BMW. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. The perfect hire can have an impact on your business for years to come. So when you need to find that next person to help grow your business, LinkedIn Jobs will match the right talent with your open role fast. LinkedIn has over 675 million members worldwide. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for so you can hire the right person fast. Things like collaboration, creativity, adaptability. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. That's how LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire. People with the skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder a person is hired every eight seconds on LinkedIn. And why companies rated LinkedIn Jobs the number one hiring platform for delivering quality hires. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. You can pay what you want and get the first $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash team. Again, that's linkedin.com slash team and get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with the Saints happy cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio nope. with this podcast, my God, the audio. My God, the audio. It's, it's painful. All right, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Woo! Quarantine life. I believe it is starting to crack us all. Uh, I made two pot pies and banana bread this weekend. Dave watched a documentary documentary on the toilet. No, he wasn't sitting on the toilet while he was watching it. It was a documentary about the toilet. Uh, things are getting weird. Um, <laughs> Andrew, did you do anything out of the ordinary this weekend? Is quarantine life, is it starting to break you? Uh, it's definitely starting to break me. Yeah, I mean, I, I would challenge anyone to be uh, inside a house with a nine-year-old and a six-year-old all day, every day. Um, but uh, no, no, it's it's, um, it's it's just like Groundhog Day, you know, over and over again. <laughs> you know what it is? That's what you it could feels tell like. You could tell the difference between the people that are quarantined with kids and without. The people without kids are like, oh, I, I took up pottery. I, I'm learning Italian. People with kids are like, I didn't fucking kill anybody today. Now I'm going to get <laughs> shit-faced now that my kids are in bed. So fucking accurate. As accurate as fuck. And you only have one kid, Ralph. I know. Andrew what? and I have two kids. Yeah, having one so, kid is, is kind of like having two no yeah, kids Yeah, I mean, I, while I agree with you, Dave, where I feel for Ralph, I mean, you know what it was like to have a kid at Max's age. And they require constant entertainment. Um, I mean, my kids are pretty self-sufficient, so and they and they'll play with each other. I mean, not a ton, but like they'll entertain each other. So I don't know. I, I almost think Ralph has it worse in some ways. I don't know. I feel like I mean, yes, my kids, my kids are older. Like it's nice they've gotten to the age like when they wake up, and obviously they're they're sleeping a little bit later than they normally do because they don't have to wake up for school. They're not on that set schedule. So my kids are sleeping later and then they're definitely old enough where when they wake up they can go downstairs by themselves turn on the tv by themselves get themselves a snack or a drink if they want by themselves so as far as like the morning is concerned it's having older kids is definitely easier for us and you know we can sleep in a little bit 
yeah. and then all, also to your point, Andrew, yes, they can they have each other, they can entertain each, entertain themselves, but also they fucking fight though, and oh my god, like you know, like <laughs> obviously now that they're stuck with each other in the same house for seven, eight weeks straight, uh, you know, everybody. You know, everybody, you know, your brother and sister, you know, your weak points, you know, what's going to annoy, you know, the one thing that's going to annoy your sibling. Uh, so from that point, from that standpoint, it's like, oh, my God, it's an extra headache. You know, uh, I'm going to out myself right now and just go ahead. You're and gay. Admit. You all knew it. We all yeah. knew it, Andrew. <laughs> uh, your father, Stephen, he's listening now. I'm sure he's probably right there saying Andrew, I don't know what's taking you so long to come out. We've always known you were gay. You finished? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say that um, my uh, kids are um, that they, they are watching an insane amount of they're just insane amount of screen time. Yeah. No. Like I, I'm yeah. I'm just outing myself right now. Like worst parent of the year. The no, amount no, no. of. The amount of YouTube and no, this is a TV no shows. This is a no judgment zone, Andrew. You're in the Cariello. You're in I'm the Cariello circle of trust. Yeah, you're in the Cariello <laughs> circle of trust. Uh, it's uh, embarrassing. It's really, really true. Like it's gotten to the point where I'm like, man, your your show's over already. God damn. Uh, I was like, I, I know I said you only can watch one more, but. Go go watch two more right now. <laughs> I'm playing Animal Crossing right now as we speak, which uh, I've gotten hooked uh, on because of Sun and his Switch. So I'm still confused by Minecraft. It's nothing but nighttime. I get lost. Um, I'm currently trying to gather enough wood so we can build this uh, shop on my island. <laughs> Speaking of outing yourself, Sean Payton kind of did that, Andrew, to the Athletic this week, where he was like, yeah... We uh, kind of knew that the Carolina had made a deal with Tommy Stevens, and we just drafted him instead because their agent wouldn't answer our phones. And then the NFL, Roger Goodell is not going to let the quarantine get in the way of his favorite hobby, which is fucking over the Saints. So now they're talking about you know penalizing Carolina and the Saints. And Andrew, let me tell you something. If they take away that compensatory pick, that third-round pick for the Saints, I am getting, I am organizing a mob. And we are going to burn the basement why, to the why ground. Should, why, why, should, why should the Saints be penalized for this? The Saints aren't the ones who were potentially talking to uh, a, a potential draft pick slash undrafted free agent ahead of schedule. I don't understand. The Panthers, yes, they should definitely be penalized for this. But I don't understand why the Saints should be penalized for this. The Saints should be well, penalized because Ryan Nickadell loves to fuck over the Saints. That's penalized. why. I think the accusation is that the Pan- – well, I guess, not the Panthers, I guess. Correct. I, I guess neither of the teams should be penalized. The guys – well, no, if the agent was talking with the Panthers, if the agent had discussions with the Panthers during the draft uh, and telling the Panthers – uh, or telling all teams not to draft my guy because we want him to sign with the Panthers uh, – then, then yeah, well, I don't necessarily the think they involved, were. You know? I don't think they were telling him that. I just think like teams that were. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. 
It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Trying to line up free agent deals with him, like he wasn't answering the phone. So it wasn't like the Saints knew anything or the Panthers told them anything or told Tommy Seaman. It's like with this, it's like with audio with this podcast. If I start sounding like a speaking spell, Dave doesn't need to tell me the audio is fucked up or if two of you drop out. It's just understood. Everybody knows what's going on. That's what happened with Tommy Stevens, right? Everybody knew the deal. The agent <laughs> wasn't answering the phone. It meant that he had a deal lined up somewhere. Is this guy even really that? I mean, like, I feel like for 10 years from now, we're going to look back at this and be like, who, who, Tommy who? Stevens? I don't even know this guy. Like, what's the big fucking deal? Like, I mean, if they were really going to take it, if they were going to take away anything, it would have to be a seventh. Like, if if there's two teams squabbling over a, a UDFA <laughs> slash seventh round pick, like what what could you possibly take away from them that would be just cause? Now, you know where I disagree with Dave. So, you know, the way it all played out was, from what I've read, the K- Panthers and the Saints were kind of posturing for him. Sean Payton was poking around, and the Saints had no picks. Uh, on the third day. So, you know, they got a head start. And so they were probably, from what I understand, all NFL teams do this, but technically it's illegal to negotiate with a player or his agent until it's clear that he's not drafted. So technically, if you're calling a guy and saying, Hey, like we want you to sign here, this is what we're willing to offer. You can't, you can't do that until the draft ends. And so obviously the saints were doing that and they had a leg up on other people because, they didn't have any picks, so that's that's all they were doing on day three, and it became clear. Pay I guess, that the, man his it, money. It became clear that the Panthers were going to sign Tommy Stevens, and that he had agreed. And so, yes, his agent was shunning the Saints and no longer returning their calls. So, I think how it goes with both of them getting punished is that while the Panthers may have had an agreement in place with him, so they're clearly in violation. The fact that the Saints were going after him and uncovered this news because they themselves were negotiating <laughs> yeah. with Tommy Stevens yeah. is basically is basically volunteering that they also they also were trying to break the rules. They just weren't as good at it. And so they decided well, to draft the guy because they were losing. <laughs> well, couldn't yeah, and the thing well, is with no, the, I thought I thought that they were I thought their defense was or what they were trying to claim. I don't know if the Saints themselves were trying to claim this or whether uh, you know, fans or whatever or media were trying to claim this, but I, I thought that people were just saying they tried to put they, they put two and two together. Yeah. I mean in that the know, thing in, is with the Saints that, uh, though is I guess the NFL would say, why are you calling players? You don't have any picks. But, I mean, the Saints could be like, well, we were thinking of trading up for him. We were trying to get in touch with his agent to let him know we were going to pick him. Um, but we know Goodell loves to just fuck the Saints. On a scale of 0 to 10, 10 being an absolute certainty the Saints will get penalized something, 0, nothing will come of it. Andrew, what's going to happen? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty certain the Saints will get in trouble, like get, get a fine and lose a seventh really? round pick. I don't think anything's going to come of this. I think, this I, is I, don't, I don't think anything away. should happen, but I, I, I think, I think if, if the Panthers are going to get whacked, the Saints are going to get whacked just as hard. I mean, Dave, Goodell Dave, does... looks for, I mean, I know that it's like conspiracy theory and I know it's, but at this point, like I don't trust Roger Goodell or the NFL to do anything fair when it comes to the Saints. I really don't. No, I'm with I'm com- I am com- I am completely with you. And the thing is with Roger Goodell, he's probably extra bitter cuz he's not taking a salary. So he's just looking to drop the hammer on somebody to take it out I on mean, he's, he's not I taking re- a salary. I remember year, I remember years ago, he's not. Yeah, he well the NFL I don't really understand how this works, but they're laying people off right now. Right. In the league office, so I mean, I don't. I would think that maybe they're getting killed on merch. I don't know. I, that's but, weird. I don't understand that. Like, I mean, unless like sponsorships unless come up for renewal, down, maybe. like what would be, what would be, what would be so different for the NFL this time of year 
if it was normal. Like, what are, and, and, I, and I'm sure it is because they're laying people off, but I, I just, I don't know, like, what it is. If it's sponsorships, because TV money, like, they probably don't get those checks till the fall anyway. So I just, I don't know, like, where, where they're, like, in, uh, in harm's way, you know? Yet. Yeah. Um, but Dave, Sean Payton has proven to be the pettiest son of a bitch on earth with this draft. He texted Brady. He's like, what do you text Stevens? I asked, I asked, now I'm just going to take. And then he texted Brady something, uh, the Carolina offensive coordinator. So does this act of petty by Sean Payton, does it make him a true New Orleanian now? Because <laughs> New Orleanians, we are petty. I, I, I... I think, uh, well, look, first of all, you win a Super Bowl for the New Orleans Saints as a coach, uh, their first ever in team history. You're you're automatically a, a New Orleanian, so I don't really think he had to do anything else to uh, uh, to qualify. But you know, um, you know, when he won my heart, I mean, pro- probably when he won the Super Bowl. Honestly, the first the first time he walked in the building, pretty much. But uh, the thing. My favorite Sean Payton thing of all petty things was that he remembered last time he went to the Eagles and their team bus got egged by fans. And after Shane Graham made that kick and they were leaving the stadium, (laughs) he had the bus drivers do a victory lap around the stadium. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, just as far as random occurrences – just like hilarious banter, yeah. He he loves to poke at opposing fans. I mean, oh, he always has. This, but that mm. to, that to me was the top. The, My the, favorite Sean Petty Peyton. I mean, sorry, Sean Peyton Petty. <laughs> Sean Petty. The uh, Ralph is uh, not. Te- yeah, I, I've gone full Ralph. You never go full Ralph. Uh, not necessarily something on the field, actually, although I guess Andrews wasn't either. But um, And I think it was kind of like the one of the first first pet, Peyton Petty moves was the bottle of wine that uh, he ordered yeah. ahead of Jerry Jones. Uh, was that like Super Bowl week or was that at the Combine in Indianapolis? Wherever it was, he knew Jerry Jones was going to be coming in like the next day or later that night or whatever it was, and he was going to want to order this one specific bottle of wine. And Peyton said, "Fuck you, Jerry," and he ordered that bottle of wine. So when Je- when Jerry came in to order it the next day, it was the only uh, bottle they had it, in. Yeah, in, uh, yeah. yeah well, it was like it was like a, like a thousand dollar bottle of wine. Yeah, came yeah. came a special selection Cabernet. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's not like they had ten of these <laughs> just laying around, right? So. Uh, Jerry Jones walks in and he wants to buy this bottle of wine for his uh, his party, his dinner party that evening. And uh, he's promptly notified that, uh, well, I'm sorry, Mr. Jones, but uh, that bottle's already been taken by Mr. Sean Payton. And here's a little note. Well, he, he left a note on the yes. bottle, on the right, empty, right. empty bottle. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 My so that's, fav- my, that's my favorite moment. My favorite that was one, a great one, even though it went sideways and it didn't end like we wanted, him doing Skull. In the moment to Minnesota after being down seventeen to nothing, it felt so. I gotta disagree. Fucking no, it good. Felt that, that lasted like ten seconds. Like, it still, I, it was awesome. I gotta disagree with you, Ralph. It was awesome. That's, that's, I, 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 it, it still has a warm no. spot in my heart, even though it ended that's poorly. That's why. That's I why you it. hold that bullet in the chamber until the clock says zero yeah. zero. No, nah, man. Ruined. No way. I can't. I to can't. To be get truly that petty, Andrew, you have to put yourself out there and risk. You have to. No, and that was right. He whiffed, and so he that's whiffed. why it's not one of the greatest Sean Payton. Also, uh, him him strutting the sidelines when they were lighting up the Rams and the circle <laughs> of life was playing, and he was eyeballing Greg Williams. <laughs> that, that was that was the special. circle of life. Also, I mean, now that I'm, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, playing I the mean, Greg Williams, Lion King, Circle of Life song. He might have enough Sean Payton Williams petty Steve. moments to. We may need a bracket for this. <laughs> I mean, he they well, flew home from Dallas. They took the extra Sean tour. Payton. He smashed up this fire detector, the smoke alarm oh, thing yeah, in Cincinnati. I mean, it, he's got a lot. 
There was the the choke signal. Oh, uh, the to, choke uh, signal. Devontae Freeman, I believe it was. <laughs> yeah. Was, you know, oh yes. Yeah, he used to trash talk Steve Smith. Oh. So many. He's he's so wonderful. And now that we've gone through it, it makes it clear why everyone else in the NFL, every other team, hates Sean Payton. Like if you had if you if you asked the thirty one other fan bases, their top three most hated coaches, I bet you every fan base would probably put Sean Payton in the top three. And how many coaches would have cut the open that you just heard for us for money? <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I'm just thinking a guy like Tony Dungy. Like, if you had paid him, like, $1,000 to read that script, there's no way he would have done it. Bill Belichick would have been like, wumble, wumble, wumble. Thanks for having me on On his Cincinnati. Oh, yeah. Sean Payton, he's he's amazing. You know, his pettiness, it knows no bounds. Um, So we got that. In other NFL news... They're going to release the schedule this week, Andrew. I, I I read conflicting reports. They might move it back. They don't know. They're gonna, but they're going to release it apparently. Um, it's like the weirdest schedule release ever. It's like, are you? Do you get excited for this? I don't know. Yeah. Are they gonna Here's play all the games? games that Here's won't all the happen. games you. Well, no, it's not. Not even. Here's that. all the games that won't happen, and even if they do, you won't be able to go. No. <laughs> Right. It's like it's like here's all the games that may or may not happen, and if they do happen, you may or may not get to go. <laughs> so, so that's the thing. Like usually we get you get super. I do. I get super excited for the schedule because you know me and my yeah, wife. We're we think, playing in Vegas. This we're supposed to play in Vegas this year. Yeah, we were yeah, gonna I'm do. Gonna, a, we were gonna officiate a wedding. We were gonna make get oh, Dave. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, usually you get excited, like, what game can we travel to? Is it, is it going to be here? Is it going to be there? But do you think they may postpone it? Do you think they may bump it back? Like, I just feel like releasing the schedule at this time when there's so much uncertainty, Andrew, it seems really risky, right? Like, why wouldn't you just say, hey, 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 we're going to wait. And we're gonna see what's what because we may we're still gonna have a season. Don't worry, and we may but we may have to bump things back or whatever. Like releasing it now and then having to do a bunch of changes to it later seems more difficult or risky. I don't know. I mean, as new information comes up, you'll have to adjust. But I think right now there's no sense in. Yeah, I mean, it, it may be work that's all. You know, for not, but I, I don't know. I, I think right now there, we, we just don't know enough, and so I think the NFL's just got a plan. Things are opening back up, and I think the NFL just has to plan that. Hey, we're we're gonna go, we're gonna do this, and we'll see what happens. So, Dave, do you I don't know. think the fans need this, man? <laughs> yeah, we do. Here's the thing, though, thinking about the schedule and thinking about it, that it's likely that. At least at the beginning of the season, you may not have any fans. Do we want the Saints? schedule to be front loaded with road games against good teams because we might not be able to go to the games until November, December. So you want to play all the hard teams in the empty stadium or in the quarantine bubble, wherever it is. Like how do we want this schedule to be laid out, Dave? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, just, just to your earlier point, um, I mean, I, there's no problem with releasing the schedule now, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, the NFL rules all, and uh, if anything is going to happen, there's 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 nothing preventing these games from being played. I mean, I just feel like, given the current state of the country, uh, I feel like if anything's going to be played, it's going to be the NFL and only the NFL. I mean, I, they don't need to be worrying about other other events getting in the way of their scheduling. So as far as their scheduling is concerned, I think they're free to schedule whatever the hell they want to schedule. Uh, nothing's going to get in the way. Um, do have we... you guys heard anything about baseball? I haven't really been keeping up on that. No, Baseball's no, trying to do like, the they're, they're going to like realign still... everything and they're going to try to make it like three divisions <laughs> of like teams and they're all going to be geographically situated in like Florida and Arizona or something. And it's going to be the last thing I thought one, one scenario was like a six week tournament. That's kind of like the world cup 
and it wouldn't even be quote unquote like a real season. It would just be like, hey, we're gonna do this cool thing for six weeks and we're going to have a champion and they're not necessarily going to be a world series champion. They're just going to be the champion of the quarantine year. And, um, because baseball, man, 162 games. I just think that's asking a lot. Um, you know, but to Dave's point, Dave, I think, you know, when I get worried about the season, I just think with the NFL being able to print money, I just think if the NFL is like, we're going to test people every single day, they'll just buy a million tests. And they'll just like, whatever I, it I don't, costs. I don't even know if that's uh, – but the, uh, like, the thing is, is like, I don't even know if that's available. I don't know if there are thousands of tests available to be bought. And, yes, I mean, I understand it's the NFL, and so they're going to get precedence over – you know, some poor person that really actually <laughs> needs a test. Uh, I get that. Um, but I still don't even know whether there's, I don't know whether that's available or not. And I know that Dr. Fauci, that's what Dr. Fauci has said on record, uh, you know, head of the CDC or whatever he's the head of. Um, uh, I know that's what he said. I said, he, he said that uh, the only way really he sees sports happening is if you're going to be testing people on a regular basis. Um, and But even in that situation, my mind thinks about, okay, so you test a guy and he's – what happens if you get a team – you know, what happens if you get a, uh, the Saints and three out of their four offensive linemen test positive for COVID and they can't play? Like what kind of fucking game is that going to be the next week? Uh, how is that fair? It's just, I, you know, you got to hey, think about that kind of shit. It's, hey, it's tough. I think, I think teams are going to try to quarantine the best they can and they'll just be like, look, if you get tested positive, you can fuck up our season. But my interesting thing you, was you, that I, you know what that happens in that scenario, Dave? Get ready for it. We'll clap at left tackle. We'll make him clap. <laughs> <laughs> make them clap. We'll make them clap. So, but but here's the thing that I was thinking about that gets a little weird. Apparently, the governor of Maryland he got five hundred thousand tests from South Korea, and He's the the federal government like wants the tests, and they're like, we want to commandeer them for our use. So the governor of Maryland is like has them at a super secret location with the National Guard uh, guarding them. So. If the NFL got like a million tests and the federal government was like, we want those tests, do you think, Andrew, America would be like, yes, give them to the federal government? Or they'd be like, no, keep them. We want our football. Mm. Assuming that football. baseball either doesn't happen or it happens. Yeah, yeah, football. I think America would want – I think America would want football. I do. I think. I think. I think America would want football over saving lives. <laughs> I think that's true. I'm yeah. serious. If you put it yeah. to Fuck a vote, lives. they would. They would. I would say at this point, if they're still in their houses, come if we're all still stuck at home, come September, and it's like, and you put it that simply to people, you get to vote. We can either have the NFL season. This number of people die. <laughs> or we don't have the NFL season and like 10% of that number will die. Uh, I think they would say, I'm ready to get out of my house. Let's do it. And that's disturbing. That's totally disturbing. It's, and it's, it does, that it's doesn't mean it's not true. No, if absolutely. You I, I, I think you are probably right, but yeah. Like I picked the wrong that's week with amphetamines. I think Andrew's 100% right. Welcome to 2020. That's all I have to say. Um, you know, the, the thing is with the schedule though, and back to it, like Andrew, you know, we always say, Hey, we, you know, last year I, I remember you were like, Hey, the, the schedule it's, it's, it's difficult at the beginning, but your theory was, Hey, at the beginning of the year, at least you have a better chance to have everybody healthy, right? It didn't kind of, it didn't work out quite like we thought because Breeze got hurt, but everybody else was relatively healthy. So you're like, hey, let's front load the schedule. Let's maybe not have a bunch of road games. With everything going on, like, how do you, how do you want the schedule to set up in your mind with 
assumptions, how you think the season's going to go with fans or not fans? Do you have in, in your mind, like, how you want, if they, if they release the schedule this week, how you want it to set up? Yeah, yeah, assuming everything happens as, as we hope. Um, I would say, assuming... I mean, sun, Sunday night, the first Monday or Sunday night should be Saints-Bucks. I mean, that's got to happen. That's a lock. But do you do you think of it, do, do you have sort of, I want them to play, I, I want it to set up this way. If they don't have fans, do road home, does it even fucking matter? Yeah, I don't know. I guess not. I mean, well, I still think if you're playing in the elements, that's absolutely Oh, that's true, yeah. You know, and I I do still think this team is built to play in a Superdome, although I don't know that that's necessarily as true as it was maybe five years ago. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think you still want to avoid the cold weather. You know, I think that kind of... That makes life difficult for Sean Payton and the plays that he likes to call. So I would say that precipitation, bad weather, cold weather, um, not ideal. But yeah, I mean, if you're playing in the Georgia Dome or, or the Saint in the Superdome, like, I, would it be that bit much of it? Well, actually, there's not a big difference between the two anyway when there's fans in the building. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. Like, if you're playing in one dome stadium versus the other, is it is it all going to kind of be the same thing? I don't know. Kind of, it, right? Yeah, no, it, it's it, interesting. It, it certainly would neutralize any sort of noise advantage that you would have. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need indeed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. You'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm-mm-mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It'll be, it's going to be so just jarring without fans, Dave. Do you think it'll be more jarring for us watching it, or do you think it'll be more jarring for the players 
having to play a regular season game that counts with no fans and probably robotic cameras and all this other – like, who's it going to be more jarring for, you think? I think it's going to be jarring for both. I think uh, I, I think as far as what kind of impact it's going to have, I think it's got a bigger impact uh, on the guys on the field. Like, how are you going to – I mean, football is a game where you've got to really get your – mindset in a certain place and really get up for it and being in front of 70,000 screaming fans and running out on, out on the field with flames and fire going off <laughs> next to you. I mean, that gets you into the fucking mood and that gets you into that mindset. And without that, I think it's a lot harder to, to, to get your mind into that gladiator. I'm going to, I have to be better than that, the guy across the field for me. Yeah, mindset, that's a good you know? point. I think I think we we you'd lose some intensity for sure. Yeah, I think it's gonna look. I think the I think the final product probably looks a little different. It probably looks a little more. I, I, I you know maybe the game's a little slower. It's just not as intense. It's not as hard hitting. The I hits, mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I really and truly. Yeah, I just you know because I think. The players, right? You say they feed off the crowd, and like you make a big play, and they're still playing, they're still playing for millions. They're still playing for millions. They are, but I mean, but it's it's it's. I think it's a. I I think uh, yes, yes, you're playing for a lot of money, and yes, that's in the back of your head. But seventy thousand screaming fans. You can't ignore. You, yeah, you can easily I, forget about the seven, you know, the one million dollar paycheck that you're playing for. Uh, but you, you can't ignore seventy thousand screaming fans that are booing or yelling or screaming or doing whatever. Uh, you know, and and I'll, I'll say this: if if it doesn't matter, then that means all the times that players have said. Oh, the Superdome is the hardest place to play in, or the Superdome is the greatest crowd, or who that nation is. That means all of that is a lie. Okay, you, you can't you can't have. No, I'm dead serious. Yeah, no, you're right. You, you can't you can't have one without the other. So if you're telling me, if you've told me all these years under the Sean Payton era when we've had sold out crowds in the Superdome, and all the times you've said who that nation is number one, the Superdome is the best place to play, home field advantage is like no other place except for maybe Seattle, whatever. Um, if you're going to tell me all that, if you're going to tell me that the fan impact, if you're going, if you're going to tell me, uh, when, when, when we force a fourth down on the third down and you're going to put up the fan impact play up on the screen in the Superdome, uh, sponsored by Whitney bank or Kane's chicken fingers. Uh, if you're going to claim that, if you're going to claim that the fans had an impact on the game in that way, then, then the opposite is true then not having the fans there means that there's zero impact and that's got an effect on the game. You can't have, Man, you, can't, you can't have one or the other. Well, a loud crowd is supposed to help your defense. Not, not, not an well, offense. Right. Right? Here's right. a, so, so if you look at how the saints were playing defense for several years in that Sean Payton era, I, I have to ask myself how, how impactful was home field advantage really? <laughs> well, I here, think it's going to be like playing in. It's going to be like playing in at LSU St at Tiger Stadium in 2005. Well, That's here's, here's, here's well, you know what? You know, it's interesting yeah. though. Like, I mean, I don't know how many of our listeners watch soccer, but you know, this is really weird and crazy and strange to think about NFL teams playing in empty stadiums. But it happens all the time in all Europe, the time the soccer in clubs. You know, hooligans that are throwing. Um, you know, flares and stuff on the Go field. Go extra and from Turkey, it, man. They're soup. Their fans are super racist. They play in empty stadiums all the time. Yeah, they'll put up huge racist banners, and then yeah. the the disciplinary committee will say, "All right, you're playing three three games with no fans," and they'll just impose that sanction. And so it happens all the time in these soccer games in Europe. And, uh, and have I mean, they it's done any kind weird. of studies? Have they done any kind of studies as far as uh, the outcomes of those games over time? That's interesting. No, I don't, I don't think know. so. But I here's mean, my uh, PSG. Uh, you know, the team I root for, they uh, they were in Champions League, and the last match that they played was right before Champions League kind of shut everything down for for the coronavirus for COVID nineteen, but. Because of what was going on, they felt like it was unsafe for the fans. So, you know, now everything's shut down. But that was right when 
things were starting to spread and Italy was starting to get hit. And so uh, they played in an empty stadium at home and they won. They beat Dortmund and they advanced. Um, and they've been the season's been frozen ever since then. You know, yeah, here's I want a... to count Glenn, Glenn Collins in the chat room. He says, uh, you know, it's, it's an advantage if you have to play Seattle, but you don't have to go to Seattle or if you have to play the Chargers and you don't have to go to L.A. And that's absolutely correct. But outside but you, of that, you still would have to, though, right? Maybe not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I'm, but I'm, but I'm saying like I, what, what Glenn is saying is, is uh, so you have a home field advantage as far as like if you have to play the Chargers, you'd rather play them at home so you don't have to go to L.A. So you do have an advantage in that aspect. But other than that, it ends there. Because you're playing in an empty stadium. So there's no well, fans here, in the stadium. There's nobody cheering for you over the other team. And there's nobody cheering against you or for the other team. So, you know, the travel, I, I, I think that's where it ends, is, is, is having to travel. Well, well, here's a, I, you here's know, I don't thing. know that it's the travel in of itself so much. And actually, Glenn, you're saying this now. It's, it's that you lose a day of preparation. It's that you don't it, – you, you get – when you have a travel day to get to a place – the other team is spending that whole day preparing for you. Now you can still be on your iPad on the flight or the bus or whatever, and you can still look at plays and stuff, but you can't do your walkthroughs. You can't do that stuff. So I, I'd say the extra day where you don't have to travel is probably the biggest advantage because it's 24 hours you can utilize to rehone your game plan. And, and, you know, the other team can't do that. Well, here's my question. Does it, you know, back to Dave's point about players needing the emotion, and I know, Andrew, you said they play for millions, but there are certain players that are just psychopaths like Drew Brees and Michael Thomas that practice and prepare on a level that other players don't, and I wonder if that will really shine through in games with no fans. Right, those the players that Dave's talk about that that yeah they work mm. hard and they care about their millions. Yeah, but they I, need I that they need Breeze, that juice I, I from the fans. It, I could I, see it, it being like Breeze being better off with no crowd noise. And 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 players like Michael Thomas maybe like that like. I I think if you think about. I don't know, because it, it, that, that implies on some level that crowd noise has an impact on Drew Brees, and I, I don't know that I'm comfortable saying that, but I, I just think, yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting. And it'll be... I, I, you could, I think that argument could go both ways, you know? It, it's gonna, I think it's going to be weird, and, and we've said it in the last couple of weeks, I think the Saints have an inherent advantage because they've had the same team going on four years now, and they haven't made... Definitely. Many- may haven't made major changes. Um, good luck to all these teams with new coaches and new quarterbacks like Carolina with no offseason and maybe an abbreviated training camp. Good luck. Even Tampa. I mean, Brady and Gronk, I mean, it's going to be fun and all that, but they're going to have to work through it. Um, other thing we're going to talk about. I, I guess, I mean, I guess I'll ask this, though. I mean, kind of getting back to Dave's point. Would you say that it's potentially a disadvantage? Like a, a season with no fans may hurt the Saints more than anyone else. I would say this. I would say if the Saints, I've, I've, I've had that. I've had that thought. Like, like which teams in the NFL are hurt the most if you play a season in front of no fans? And you've got to think Saints. You've got to think Seattle. Maybe Kansas yeah. City. I don't know. Well, here's the thing. I had a dream this week that the Saints won the Super Bowl, it was played in a, a, a cattle ranch in Montana, and the day after, Colin Cowherd was like, this season, it really doesn't count, it's an asterisk season, they didn't have fans, they only played 14 games, they played the Super Bowl in a cow ranch in Montana, so nobody got COVID, it doesn't really count, and Drew Brees, he really only has one Vince Lombardi trophy, so... And I was, I reached in my dream. I reached into the TV and I choked him to death. And I woke up for the first time in weeks. I was happy. Um, <laughs> but best night of sleep I've ever had in my life. <laughs> I don't know. Colin Cowherd showing up in my dreams sounds more like a nightmare. Oh god. But that aside, I do think there's a potential that. Look, the Saints win a Super Bowl. We'll celebrate. It'll be awesome. But whatever happens, right, this is going to be known as the 
not necessarily put an asterisk sort of negatively like the Astros cheated in 2017, but there'll always be this asterisk of like, that's the COVID season, right? Like that's just, that's just part of it, right? That history's going to... Totally, totally. Gonna... I mean, if anyone besides the Saints wins the Super Bowl, I'm going to be on Twitter saying it's bullshit and shouldn't count. <laughs> and if the Saints win the Super Bowl, then I'll be like, what are you talking about? It's totally legit. It's going in the history books. Drew Brees is ahead of Aaron Rodgers now, officially. He's got two. Aaron's got one. Fuck off. Oh, Aaron Rodgers is still better, even if that happens. Apparently. <sighs> Your dad said Ralph really went sicko there. It's nice. Um, and last uh, sort of COVID quarantine issue that we're going to talk about, then we'll get to questions and we'll get out of here. Uh, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys I got about our friends at The Bird Calls. They have an awesome podcast, Pelican-centric. If you want your Pelican news, look. The Pelicans, they're in quarantine. Their season is suspended just like everybody else. But go to The Bird Calls. They have an article that maybe the NBA resuming their season isn't the best thing for the Pelicans, and they should just focus on 2021. The Bird Calls is an awesome podcast. They do fantastic stuff. They're talking about Lonzo's offseason, where he can improve, what David Griffin might look for in the offseason. Do they need to give Brandon Ingram a me- uh, the uh, – the mega extension. Uh, it's all there. The bird calls is fantastic. They've supported us. You should support them. If you need your Pelican fix, which I'm sure you do the bird calls, wherever you get your podcast, search them, rate them, review them and subscribe. Um, so Dave brought an interesting question up when we were going to. Take a Yeah, that's a really poor job by me. I should have had that. I should have had that promo. That that sound by never gets old. Never gets old. I should have had that loaded up for our uh, our uh, promotional exchange with the uh, with the bird calls folks. Um, But before uh, we did before we started the show, Dave brought up an interesting point about season ticket renewals for the Saints and what will ha- what the Saints should do, what fans will do. And it got me to thinking, Dave, if you are a person that is either in a precarious financial position, which a lot of us are, or you think, hell, in, in three months, I might be, or in two months or in six months, I might be, and I need that Saints season ticket hole, season ticket money, where you just roll the dice and be like, you know what? I don't think they're going to let fans in this year, even if they have games. So you know what? I'm not going to pay for my season ticket, and I'll just figure that at 2021, I'll have it. It'll be there waiting for me. And is, is that a decision that people are going to have to make or are thinking about making it? I think I know people that are seriously thinking about it. Yeah, you know people. Yeah, me. I mean, I, I just wanted to share – I mean, I wanted to share my my story and my experience – um, you know, obviously I own a business, uh, obviously it's been seriously affected by COVID-19 Andrews has as well, obviously. Um, and, uh, obviously this all happened right around season ticket renewal time. And I mean, my whole issue was I didn't want to, I didn't want to put down, you know, my deposit, which is a couple of thousand dollars, uh, or even, or especially, pay for the entire amount of my tickets, um, and then find out that they're not going to have a season, and have the Saints decide we're just going to hold on to this money uh, until next season, and we'll just put this toward the 2021 season. And I mean, that's great and all, but you know. That's not going to work for a lot of like for people like me and for a lot of other people who could use that money instead. Um, so, you know, I called my season ticket rep in early April when it was up for renewal, and I said, "Here's the situation," and I, you know, I don't really think it's wise of me to be putting this kind of money down right now and spending it. And, uh, you know, the Saints never came out with an official statement saying, "Hey, we're going to give give everybody an extra." 
you know, certain amount of time to pay your renewal. But certainly when you called them and you talked to and your ticket person, um, they were totally fine in, um, you know, extending it and giving you time or whatever. And so the last time we talked, we had said, okay, well, let's set May 1st as a date and let's talk then. And again, I called them on Friday. That was May 1st. I talked to them. And I mean, I just got to say, uh, again, this, they have never come out and said, you know, our official stance is going to be, you know, just don't worry about season ticket renewals right now. I'm sure they are more than happy to take your money. They would much rather take your money than not take your money. But what I can say is it seemed like they're willing to just work with you. And, you know, this conversation was, it wasn't like, okay, well, you owe $1,500 or $2,000. You know, do you want to pay that today? It was kind of like, well, tell me about what's going on. Um, and so I think that's good. I think that was really good. And I, I wound up paying again, I explained to you what my, my problem was, is I, I didn't want them to hold on to the money, this, this large sum of money and then have them say, we're going to, we're going to just, you know what, there's not going to be a season this year. We're going to hold it off to next year. And I expressed that concern to him. And he said, we understand that. Um, and, uh, normally, yes, when it comes to something like the playoff tickets, that's what we do. Uh, but he specifically said, you know, we understand the situation and, uh, if, uh, if there, if there isn't a season, uh, we would probably wind up refunding, refunding the, the tickets. And I said, okay. And that was, that was what was important to me and him telling me that I hope it's true. I hope he wasn't just saying that just for the hell of it, uh, just to get me to feel comfortable and to pay. Um, but, uh, if that's the case, then I'm okay with putting my deposit down, uh, knowing that, that I might get it back again. Yeah. I mean, my, my, uh, my mom who I have this tickets with, uh, we did the payment. Um, but again, my mom and me are not, have not been affected by the pandemic, our income. And my company has said, look, we are going, we are, are going to pay your, you, your salary as it is until January. That's when we will reevaluate things. We have made that commitment to the employees that I work for. So I was like, okay, that's fine. So we ended up paying it because you know, it, we're in no different situation than we were. But for a lot of people, it ain't that way. Um, so I just think the Saints have to play it by ear. And like you said, Dave, it's one thing to roll over the playoff tickets. It's a whole other thing to keep season ticket right. hole money. Exactly. Because, right. because if you're in the premium seats or if you're a person that has four, six seats or whatever, that is a huge chunk of money that you would be like, I need that money to pay rent, to eat, to right. do other things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I mean, lo lo long story short of it, and again, I don't know what Andrew's situation is. I'm sure we'll hear from him. But long story short of it is they they seem to be very willing to work with you, and they seem to be open. Uh, you know, it was kind of unusual to talk to my ticket rep, and he just was kind of willing to listen and – you know, it wasn't like, well, here, here are the options. It was kind of like, well, you tell me, and you know, um, so I thought so. I thought that was nice. That was good. Yeah. So, Andrew, you forgot to tell me, remind me again to promo the uh, podcast and remind people to sign up at the ten dollar level so they can get the crew to taste some cup, dude. People, thank you so much. Thirty. 5,000 of you people downloaded this podcast in April. We got to number 71 on the American football podcast chartable rankings. We got to number 12 in Finland, and that's what really counts. I feel like we could be top five in Finland. There's probably only like 60 people in Finland. That what are, I, I want to know what's ahead of us. Like, I, I, what's who, Saints wise? No, well, obviously, obviously, there's no other Saints-specific podcast in Finland higher than us. God, that would be ridiculous. Uh, yeah, actually, wondering... one through eleven are other Saints podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> Underhill. I'm, I'm just wondering. Yeah, I, actually, okay. 
if I'm if it was Underhill, I would respect that. I'll, I'll lose to Underhill. Um, no, I'm wondering what the other NFL ones are that that are beating us. What, it's what probably. Else? I mean, I know it. Uh, I mean, number one's got to be uh, like many times this show, right? Probably. This, see, I the the chartable. Like, I I take count. Yeah. See, the the thing is that the chartable, since I don't pay, I can see where we rank. But I can't. I can only see like the American one. I can only go through that list uh, and see. What's like, the number just... one most listened to football podcast in America? Oh, it depends. I mean, it's it, it's usually like Mina Kynes. She'll be number one, but she'll only be number one for like a day, right? Because she only does one a week. So, mm-hmm. but like the NFL inside the NFL. They, the NFL channel has a couple that they go like every the day. The Adam Schefter podcast must be up there, right? No, I, after Schefter is not – he's not ever – I don't see him much in the top ten. Um, His the, podcast is kind of boring. I mean, I've listened to him. He's a little He's a little bland. Bland. I don't mean any disrespect, but I mean like obviously like he knows his He's shit. not as good as us, that's for sure. No, he's, he's an insider, much. but he's Ooh. a little bland in my Who is? is he? Is he handing out crudit some cups to – patrons he's no chance no, no chance, chance. Uh, i don't think that really equals listeners though i don't know if that means more people in Finland. but it, but it's a direct correlation with podcast quality <laughs> <laughs> and thanks to the thanks to hans and jay and uh colby who signed up uh just this week guys we appreciate all the support and all the all the people who support us uh we have some good questions tonight andrew um this is from Braxton who asked, is Andy Dalton seven times the quarterback as Jameis is because he's being paid <laughs> seven times more? I saw that. Yeah, he got $7 million. And, again, that's not a – that's what Andy Dalton should make. Uh, you know, that's what Mariota's making. It's what Teddy Bridgewater made last year. So if you're a, basically a low-end starter or maybe has-been starter – um, you know, I, I kind of think back to like Mark Brunel when he was with the Saints, you know, that this is kind of probably the contract that he would have wanted or maybe slightly less because he was older. But yeah, I mean, I, I he, he just got the going right. So I don't think you can bang on Dalton too much. You know, he, he just got market value. The one that's really getting fleeced here is Winston. And uh, I mean, I think it just goes to show Winston is worth seven or eight million and it again how shocking it is that he took 1.1 million to play with the saints this year it's it's incredible i still can't that's that's the value of having a good team a good coach a a hall of fame quarterback uh a winning culture uh that's what you get you get totally fucking totally but even with all that bargains but even with all that, Dave, like th- this was against all odds. I mean, that I just would figured. Go this low. I just figured that Winston was going to be like, oh, the Saints and him, they were talking. But he, we went to Pittsburgh for two years, fourteen million. Like I didn't, I didn't think it was gonna anything was gonna come of it, um, because I was like you, Andrew. I was just like they they threw out some ridiculous number, and Winston's just gonna be like, I, I can't, I can't do that. That that is that is utterly ridiculous, and. He said yes. Like, you know, it, it still it still sort of uh, boggles my mind. Um, uh, this is from uh, Dylan. Uh, Dave, is Tampa Bay the most overrated team in the NFL? Uh, good question. Uh, yeah, I would say until they actually prove that they can win, uh, they are still the Tampa Bay that they always were. So... <laughs> Is it is it very possible and very likely uh, that they could? Uh, They've won they more could, Super Bowls that, than the Falcons. Just yeah, is is it very possible <laughs> that they could be the most improved team of the season? Absolute of, of next year? Absolutely, absolutely. But uh, until then, uh, you know they 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 are who they are. Andrew. Um... I, I think the Super Bowl this year will be the 2020 Bucks versus the 2019 Browns. <laughs> you are never going to let me live down picking the Browns week one in the Survivor Pool, are you? Never. And, oh, by the way, all patrons, 
get yourself in the Discord channel. It is amazing. It is hilarious. Andrew added, added a channel, Ask Cullen, where you can ask his nine-year-old son football questions. Uh, I asked him a fantasy questions. He thought I was reading ridiculous about drafting Emmanuel Sanders number one. Uh, but it's very, it's the Discord channel is amazing. Like if you want Saints talk without your Facebook or Twitter nonsense and stupidity, uh, but more ridiculousness, do it. Your patron sign up. It's amazing. Um, so that wraps up the show tonight, guys. Thanks for joining us. As always, we appreciate all the support. Uh, go to our YouTube channel. Me and Andrew are going to knock out more of these videos. We've got it to now. We can do all of us on video. So we're going to do some tests this week. We're going to have Dave and we may even have Kevin. So subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll do some amazing low quality videos. You can support us there. So for Dave, for Andrew, for Kevin, who's MIA, I'm Ralph. Until next week, the bar. All right, we're up. We're uh, we're off the stream. Uh